Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Quick Take, and I'm in the car for this one um, because uh, I just wanted to get some quick thoughts, some quick reactions out to the Apple event that we had today, and this will be very kind of stream of consciousness because um, it's just a few hours ago that Apple had its annual iPhone and Apple Watch event, it tends to hold those uh, every September, and uh, I thought this was a pretty exciting announcement, of course I always do, I think they're just a ton of fun to watch um, because I'm just a fan of of what Apple does. And um, so it's always fun to get to see these announcements because it's those rare times of year when Apple does make a public, um, you know, a public uh, facing show that really goes over their new hardware and software plans. And um, I thought this was a pretty big one for reasons I'll go into. I think I'll start here real quick with just, um, you know, what we didn't see, you know, I mentioned this in the preview episode I did the other day that you know, a lot of times there's always a ton of rumors about products Apple might be ready to announce uh, to the point where a lot of times it's easy to get your expectations um, a little too high because there's only so many things that Apple's going to have ready and only so many time things that they want to address at any given time to focus around specific uh, strategic priorities they have. Um, so not too surprising that this event only focused uh, on the Apple Watch and the iPhone. Um, however, some things that we didn't see today. We didn't see updates to the AirPods. There have been some rumors that Apple has some updates to the AirPods uh, coming here in the near future. We didn't see any updates to the iPad Pro line, and we've been expecting those. Uh, we didn't see any updates to any of the Mac lines. And, uh, of course, we've, we were kind of thinking that Apple may have uh, an update to the MacBook or MacBook Air or both uh, coming out soon. And, uh, the thing that I was most hoping for outside of what I expected being the Apple watch and iPhone announcements, we didn't get any updates on any of Apple's content strategy or content partnerships, uh, with the Apple TV specifically. Of course, I'm looking for 4k titles from Disney, which, you know, I want Apple and Disney to come to an agreement and, um, and get that worked out so I can have my 4k star Wars. Didn't get any of those things. I think there's still a good chance we see an October event from Apple where we do see at least some of those things, um, particularly the iPad Pro and the AirPods, um, because uh, I think Apple, if they have them ready, wants to get them out in time for holiday shopping. So I think that's definitely something we could see in October. But let's go on and talk a little bit about what they did announce today. And I'm going to start with the thing that I think is the biggest thing Apple announced today. Um, and it may not seem like that to most consumers who are thinking mostly about the new iPhone models, but I think the Apple Watch Series 4 could wind up being a major game changer um, for the health reasons. And I'll get to that in a second. But first, um, we we knew that it was going to be a bigger screen, but we didn't know if that just meant that the display was being pushed out to the edges of the, the same 38 and 42 millimeter cases that the Apple Watch has had ever since it first came out or if it actually meant um, that Apple was moving to larger displays. And it actually is both. They are moving the, the edges of the display uh, further out and making those bezels thinner. But they also um, made the move to 40 millimeters and 44 millimeters as the new sizes. And uh, that surprised me a little bit, not a ton, but a little bit, because I really thought that maybe Apple had been really comfortable with those sizes. And honestly, 38 and 42 millimeters were great sizes for the Apple Watch. And... Um, and I hope that I will like 40 and 44 millimeters as well. Um, but it's one of those things that I won't really be able to have a good opinion on that until I see one on my wrist and, and experience what that's like. Um, but the larger display means they can do more with it. And of course, we had we talked about on the preview episode, the uh, the leaked image that 9 to 5 Matt got of the new watch face or one of the new watch faces that really shows how um, Apple is taking full use of the uh, new 
bigger screens. And um, they did announce some additional new watch faces, some, some new watch faces around the breathe app that they have, uh, which encourages people to, to take a pause and do a deep breathe exercise. They also announced uh, the new fire face, which I made the joke. It was like the devil's watch face uh, where there's like flames in the background and the new water face, which actually looks pretty neat where they have little water droplets. Basically, Apple is taking full advantage of the particle accelerator um, to, to make these new watch faces. Um, the, the, um, digital crown now has haptic feedback. So as you're scrolling through things, you, you kind of get those, 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 the feel like real clicks, um, kind of like on, uh, Apple sports touch trackpad. I think that's a nice improvement. Um, and I'm sure there's some other things that I'm forgetting, but the, really the biggest thing to me, the thing that jumped out at me was, um, just the way they continue to push on the health narrative and, and making the, the Apple watch a much more, um, incredible device for keeping us all healthier. Um, they announced uh, new uh, heart rate sensors. Uh, so Apple Watch has had a heart rate sensor since the very beginning, um, but um, it's it's been limited in functionality and it's been improving in the functionality that it has year to year. But this time um, it's going to um, help users. They, they have for a little while had the ability to alert users that they have an unusually high heart rate. Like if you're in a resting condition and you have a higher than normal heart rate, the Apple Watch would let you know. It's also going to now let you know if you have a lower than normal heart rate. And um, it's also going to be able to detect, uh, and I hope I'm saying it right, the atrial fibrillation, um, which uh, they were saying, if, if that occurs, can be a sign that you're more likely to have a stroke down the road. And um, boy, that kind of thing is a game changer. If this is the kind of thing, and it sounds like it's the kind of thing where a lot of times this goes undiagnosed, and um, maybe it doesn't ever cause you serious problems, or maybe you do have a very serious problem down the road in... Um, Apple even brought out the uh, the uh, head of the American Heart Association. He talked about how a lot of times if a if a cardiologist um, you know has a has a client has a patient uh, wear a heart monitor, um, it may not get everything because they're not wearing the heart monitor continuously. Whereas with Apple Watch, um, except for when it's charging, maybe when you're asleep, you're wearing the the Apple Watch continuously, so it gets get, gets a better sample set of the data. And it's recording all of this data to the Apple Health app that's on your iPhone. Um, and uh, in addition to, to those features, they also announced that it's actually going to be able to take an electrocardiogram, an ECG, um, and have that level of detail uh, to be able to provide to the user as well. And, um, you know, of course, I think this is just the beginning. I think Apple, um, you know, they've, there's been some, some news that they've had some patent filings around um, maybe some kind of a blood pressure thing, or maybe an Apple watch band in the future will be able to actually do the blood pressure, you know, tightening thing. I'm not good at explaining medical terms, but you know what I mean? How, when you have a blood pressure cuff on it, it tightens up against your, your skin for a while and then releases. And so, um, you know, they could go to go that way in the future possibly. And, and it's certainly one of the, the main goals I'm sure that Apple and other device makers like that are thinking of is, um, um, being able to do like prickless, um, blood tests for diabetes patients. So there's, you know, I don't know. It's, to me, it's just really cool to see Apple making a big push for health. Not only could this be an extremely lucrative and highly profitable um, future business for them and growing business, but it's also going to bring um, better health data and health monitoring to users. And it's, there's, there's already been several stories of 
uh, people's lives literally being saved because they got alerts about um, about their heart that they would have had no way of knowing about without wearing a device like this. Apple announced that the FDA had approved it and that this was the first ever uh, over-the-counter uh, ECG device that a person could just go and buy at a retail store. Um, so that's huge. Um, you know, I, I think about the fact that uh, my grandfather on my dad's side had a major heart attack in his early 50s and wound up, when I was a, a little kid, he wound up having a heart transplant and he lived for many years after that. But but obviously, you know, you want to avoid having that if at all possible. Um, and then my grandfather on my mom's side uh, and also her uh, brother, my mom's brother, my uncle, uh, both died of uh, ma- massive strokes in their early 50s. And um, you know, I never knew my grandfather on that side because he died uh, several years before I was born. So, you know, it just may, it just gets me thinking. You know, if this technology had been around for them, would my would my dad's father have had to have a heart transplant? Would my mom's father? Would I have known him? You know, so I can't help thinking about these things. So, you know, I told my wife, you know, this is something we need to budget for. Um, and I, I and I am honestly of the opinion now that everybody should have an Apple Watch Series Four. Um, it's just gotten to the point where this could be, you know, this could be a major, as, um, Steven Sanofsky put it on Twitter, he said something like, and he was a former, um, major executive at Microsoft. He said, you know, the Apple watch has moved from the kind of product where customers maybe aren't sure what the use case is for it, why they need it to something that is a genuinely, uh, beneficial, potentially life-saving device. So, um, if you've never thought of, if you've been on the fence or maybe you've never thought that you needed an Apple watch, you know, maybe need is a strong word, but in this case, it's something that potentially could save your life. So I can't recommend it highly enough. And I certainly plan to, uh, eventually pick up an Apple watch series for myself. So, um, that was to me, the most exciting thing, whether it gets to the press that the new iPhones are getting or not, I was very impressed by what Apple's doing with Apple watch. Uh, and then of course, uh, iPhones, um, a lot of this was not expected if you've been following Apple closely, because as I mentioned on the preview episode, there's been so many uh, supply chain leaks that it just seems like we have a lot of details about these iPhones months in advance. So for months, uh, again, we've known that um, the successor to the iPhone 10 would come at uh, the 5.8 inch screen size that the iPhone 10 has had since it debuted a year ago, but that also there would be a plus size iPhone 10 that would have a 6.5 inch screen. And we also knew that there would be a middle model aimed at a lower cost that would have a 6.1 inch LCD screen. And those things did in fact come to pass. Uh, we got confirmation on names. We were speculating about that. I mentioned in the preview episode, but we do know now that the iPhone 10 successor is the iPhone 10 S um, and that the uh, plus size model, they're getting rid of the plus size name. They're going with the iPhone 10 S max. So those are your two new names for the two new uh, top line iPhone 10 replacement models. And um, a lot of it is what you would expect, a faster processor, more advanced camera. Uh, so, you know, faster and better camera is what you can always expect year over year for the iPhone. Um, and uh, one of the really cool things about the, the new camera is that you can actually adjust the depth of field. So when you take a portrait mode photo on the iPhone 10, of course, what it's doing is it's using the, the dual lens system plus some computational um stuff in the background in the software to actually blur out the background and keep the, the, the subject of the photo in sharp focus, uh, like you get with a high-end DSLR camera. 
and uh, they've improved that and made it better in the new iPhone 10s and 10s Max models. But you can also now there's a little slider. So after you take the picture, you can adjust the depth of field. So you can adjust how blurry that background is. Um, so that's just incredible. I expected them to have more advancements in that, and it was definitely cool to see that. Um, the iPhone 10s and 10s Max uh, have a new uh, gold model you can get. So gold is back in the iPhone lineup. And then there's the iPhone 10R, which in, in many ways was more fascinating to me. And it was kind of similar to the iPhone 5S and 5C several years ago, where the iPhone 5S was obviously the best model on the top of the line. But I was in some ways more intrigued by the iPhone 5C because, uh, you know, I, I like the colors. I mean, that it was a very, they had some very eye-catching colors. And similarly, the iPhone 10R. And as I had in the previous episode, I was I was speculating that Apple would go with the 10C name for a similar reason, because it is a very similar product to what the iPhone 5C was in the lineup, lower cost, more colors, uh, et cetera. But uh, they wound up calling it the iPhone 10R, uh, really without any explanation as to why, but it doesn't really matter. Um, but the iPhone 10R uh, looks like an iPhone 10. It uses an LCD screen instead of an OLED screen, and that's for that's to get the cost savings down so that they can price it lower. Um, but um, and the screens uh, have a little thicker bezel than what the iPhone 10 and 10s do. So while it's still, uh, you know, Apple can still plausibly describe it as edge-to-edge display, uh, definitely a little more of a bezel there than you have on the more expensive models. Uh, but still has Face ID, um, still has no home button. It's all, you know, slight, you know, the same swipe gestures you find on the iPhone 10 and 10s. We knew that it would have uh, just a single lens camera. So in my mind, that meant no portrait mode. Um, but I was blown away by the fact that they announced that yes, indeed, and they even showed some examples, it can still do portrait mode. And it's doing all of that on those computational software algorithms because there is only one camera. So it can't do the, the uh, two camera uh, depth of field. So it's got to do all that in software. So it blew me away that that was... Uh, possible with that single lens camera, but but it is in fact uh, going to be that way. And um, also, uh, we've got um, uh, uh, you know, like with the iPhone 5C all those years ago, the iPhone 10R will come in a variety of colors. I think the blue one looks quite fetching, but that's because blue is my favorite color, so no surprise there. Um, and it's in aluminum, so it's in a case design like the uh, the previous you know iPhone 8, iPhone 7, etc. Uh, but still with the glass back, so that you can do the uh, the the inductive charging, uh, which is a really nice feature. I'm a big fan of the inductive charging. It's how I charge my iPhone 98% of the time. Um, so I think that's all I've got right now. Just wanted to get some quick thoughts out there, quick reactions. And as I go back and look in more depth at some of the finer points, and I'm sure there'll be additional news out as, as people get, you know, as reviewers and, uh, the bigger, uh, writers get more details from Apple and things like that. Um, We'll have more information to talk about uh, at the episode that I plan to do on Sunday. But until then, thanks so much for listening. Um, If you want to become a supporter of the show, you can, there's actually, if you look at the show notes for this episode in Apple podcast or um, whichever other podcast uh, player you're using, there'll be a link to where you can go to support the show, or you can go to anchor.fm slash quick take. And you can just, tap on the link and you can give as little as 99 cents a month and it uses Apple pay, which is awesome. And you can support the show and uh, that'd be a big help. And, uh, but, it, but thank you so much for listening. I appreciate your time. If you have any questions, comments, corrections, you can reach out to me on Twitter at J W S H E R R O D. And we will see you next time. Bye.